week speaking at a number of engagements in Dublin whose focus is uh, what is now known about, the, about brain function and its implication for health, relationships and communication. How to live younger for longer. Gender brain differences and the brain and learning are some of the fascinating topics she will talk about at Brain Health Weekend. On the line now, to tell us more, we have Dr. Arlene Taylor. You're very welcome to the show, Dr. Taylor. Thank you. I'm delighted to be on the show. You know, as many people in America, although I was born in Canada, which makes me feel pretty comfortable in England too, but I've got Irish roots. I've got relatives living up in Ackle Sound. Oh, so nice. I can hardly wait to get to Ireland again tomorrow. <laughs> well, fantastic. Well, uh, well, do, do tell us more then. It appears that the, the study of the brain has made big strides in recent years, and I imagine that uh, you're going to tell us a bit about this, this at the, the, the talks you're going to give. Isn't that right? Oh, yes. But it's so interesting. You know, Hippocrates, and no, I did not know him personally. But Hippocrates, <laughs> that would be remarkable if you did. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd like to say that brain function could help me live that long, but probably not quite that long. <laughs> the um, Hippocrates, you know, really was interested in the brain, and it has sparked uh, many of the uh, types of testing even that have been done. You know, the Myers-Briggs is built on uh, information about the four chunks of the brain that Hippocrates named as choleric, sanguine, uh, melancholy, and phlegmatic. Wow. But in, in Hippocrates' day, I guess what he knew about it is stealing a body from a cemetery so he could look at the brain uh, and watching people's behaviors and trying to imagine what might be going on in the brain to cause those behaviors. Yeah. And, yeah. of course, in more recent times, the last century certainly, yeah. uh, researchers would dissect the brain, slice it on a meat slicer after the person died and looked at it. But then we got brain imaging equipment, brain scans, and we can put someone in a scanner and watch their brain actually function while they're still alive, and that's revolutionized what mm. we know about the brain. Right, so and it's you, so you exciting. See, yeah, you can see the different parts of the brain functioning as you give someone, you know, you show someone a picture of something, or you give them some food, or you, you know, so all these tests have been going on for the past few years, haven't they? It basically began to emerge probably late 80s, about the time that psychoneuroimmunology, that branch of science, was formed, that's the study of you know, how what goes on in the brain impacts the immune system and your health. And it's just mushroom from there. And I'm so glad I'm still in my career because I just love this information. And I love sharing it because it's changed my life. Yeah. And, you know, in terms of what we now know, I mean, what does it do to, to tell us about the, the, wonderful, the, the wonderful design of of the human brain? I mean, well, what do we sort of realize now that we didn't know before? Well, the brain is divided into three functional layers. So if you thought of your left wrist as the reptilian or the first brain layer, all subconscious, but that's where all the stress responses reside, fight, flight, tend, befriend, conserve, withdraw. Mm. No conscious thought. If you make now your left hand into a fist, that represents the middle layer, the mammalian layer, 
which is called mammalian because all mammals have that layer, and of course we are mammals. And that part of the brain is also subconscious, but it contains the hippocampus, which is a search engine, very much like the search engine on your computer. Right. So when you want to pull something out of memory, it's your hippocampus that starts searching your brain to find it, whether it's a picture of your youngest child in your mind's eye or the name of a teacher who taught you in university and, and so on. So and the, the, the hippocampus, hippocampus is the CPU of your brain, so search, it's, searching around. It's very susceptible to stress. Right. And prolonged, unmanaged stress can actually kill cells in the hippocampus. Oh. So you want to learn to manage stressors to keep the hippocampus healthy. Wow. Oh. Now, you take your right hand and you cup it over your left fist, and that represents your neocortex or gray matter or cerebrum or new brain that uh, is that third layer and that's where you do have some conscious thought. Maybe uh, 10 to 15% of what goes on in that part of the brain you can bring to conscious awareness. So the brain, you know, is functioning 24-7 as long as you live, most of which is at a subconscious level. And the more you can learn about it and learn how to talk to it and work with it and feed it, and exercise it and give it enough sleep, the more likely you are to be healthy and live a long time. Wow. I mean, it's, it's fascinating stuff to think about. That, I suppose in some, in some level we're probably all aware that there's different facets to our brains and different facets to who we are, but, but it's interesting to hear you break it down like that. Talk to me about Brain Health Weekend. I mean, what sort of things are you going to be talking about and encouraging people to think about? Well, I'm going to be helping them understand with what we know about the brain how you create new, healthier behaviors successfully because it's a process. Mm. And we, I even am going to be talking at one of the churches about how prayer, which is a form of meditation, actually changes the brain. And who knew? It's just terribly exciting for me. Yeah. And then we're going to be talking about the new research about the difference between male and female brains. <clears throat> and, of course, we all knew that we're different. But it's kind of fun now to see how we are different in terms of brain function. Mm. And last night at New Bowl College in, here in uh, England, we talked about the new research on how differently male and female brains respond to stress. Mm, and right. how, in general, male brains underestimate how bad something is, and that's probably the reason that they can, you know, work on SWAT teams and think they're having a good time. <laughs> are you, you going to tell that female brains overestimate it? <laughs> and female brains overestimate. Wow. And okay. that's all because of a powerful substance that's released in the brain when it thinks it perceives stress called corticotropin releasing factor or CRF and each brain handles that differently and so brains uh, male brains underreact and female brains tend to overreact so many women when they feel stressed and they're climbing the walls 
you know, some male will look at them and say, come on, honey, it's not that bad, just get over it. Well, that is not going to help. <laughs> oh, I see. But, if you... but, obviously, but obviously prayer will help. <laughs> <laughs> well, it could. <laughs> but if you understand that, then she can realize it's not quite as bad as she thinks it is, and he can understand it's probably worse than he thinks it is. And now together they can craft a strategy that's somewhere in the middle. And believe me, we argue about nothing, which, you know, suppresses the immune system function, irritates the brain, must get really tired of, you know, us mm. pushing it to argue. So to me, learning this information has done several things. It's helped all of my relationships because I am now so clear that there are not two brains on the planet that are the same. Mm. Therefore, all I have is my own brain's opinion. So I refuse to argue. If someone has a different opinion, fine, I can agree to disagree. If it's critical that a couple come to a conclusion, then it's got to be somewhere in the middle of their two opinions because each one of them will only think theirs is right because you only know your own name. So helped all my relationships. Wow. It's helped me learn how to learn better. It's, for example, if I'm learning something that's difficult, I walk around the room holding the book and reading aloud because what you read aloud keeps your brain stimulated and engaged and is more likely to go into long-term memory. Mm. It has taught me how to develop new behaviors that are healthier much more quickly and effectively. And it's taught me how to take care of my brain. So hopefully it will last a very long time. Oh, well, it's, it's just interesting, and I may say really uh, fascinating and inspiring stuff. Uh, uh, and I'll just give a shout out to where you'll be, uh, Dr. Taylor. You'll be in uh, uh, the Kishla Center um, on the 24th of March, and there'll be several events then on the 25th, the 26th, and the 27th. And to find out more, you go to uh, Kishle Center, which is C-U-I-S-L-E uh, Center, C-E-N-T-R-E, kishlecenter.ie. And I'm sure, I'm sure everyone listening is, I hope they're as fascinated as I am by this. I'm definitely going to well, go Well, it really is fun, it, and I love yeah. to talk about it, and I'll talk with anybody about it, but especially someone who has a wonderful accent like you do. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> Brilliant. I don't have one, you understand. Well, I'd like one. Well, no, I think, well, your accent is wonderful in different ways. And, you know, it, it, it all comes down to what my brain is telling me to do. I just can't stop it, can I? <laughs> anyway, I will pray. But, <laughs> brain function specialist, Dr. Arlene Taylor, Taylor from Realizations Inc., thank you so much for speaking to us today. It's it was real. my pleasure. Have a wonderful day. A real pleasure. Thanks for that. All right. Here's Bye. Christina Perry with Be My Forever featuring Ed Shearer. You're on Spirit Radio. Passion for life.